You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is episode number 957 of our podcast. Optimal Outsource helps clients through innovative mailing and electronic solutions. And let me tell you, folks, I've visited one of their facilities here in Orange County, and it's amazing. Their unique business model allows them to easily adapt to your needs while making sure their services are always in line and intact with your firm. We're lucky today to have the president of Optimal Outsource, Nick McMurray, here to join us and share how his firm can help you and your mailing systems in a much easier and innovative way. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate being here. It's good to have you here. Let's tell me a little bit about both your background and kind of how you got involved with Optimal Outsource. So we are a family business. Um, our business is in the mailing arena. And actually what's different about us as being a mailer is that we are or we focus strictly in one industry, and that industry being community associations. So a great way to kind of tell a little bit of background on us is really telling the story of how we come to focus on this industry. I work with my uncle, Tom McMurray, and he lives in an HOA down in South Orange County. And as our story goes, I want to say close to 20, 25 years ago, he went to his mailbox to you know, get his mail. And in there was his monthly assessment due statement for his HOA. And at that time, maybe not knowing exactly what all an HOA HOA was, other than the fact that he owed them money, <laughs> he he um, he had a he had, had found a little bit of a problem inside that envelope was his statement. But along with that statement was actually a different association's newsletter. Hmm. So HOAs, you know, you have a homeowners association, you have a, a board, you have uh, plenty of public or a community. Uh, parks and things that happen and it's these newsletters that they like to get the word out about what's happening in their community right well obviously that newsletter for a different association kind of meant nothing to him our family business being in the printing industry that was kind of the uh that was the the catalyst to everything that we have today so he recognized that issue instead of trying to go and sell an envelope to that company he, he tried to solve that problem that of what was inside of it and that was the wrong statement or the wrong newsletter with his statement it's interesting because um, I love it when I have an entrepreneur in the show and they've built a business based on a personal need. This is a, that story only slightly with a different twist. There was already a family business as a printer. Correct. So Uncle Tom said, "Hey, let's focus in this industry, right?" Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. So wow. You know, we'd come from the traditional printing world, and as a lot of that type of work was was slowly fading or, or becoming tougher to come by, he was in the sales world. And as he was out there knocking on doors and, and seeing the uh, you know the writing on the wall, right, it really hit him hard when he went to the mailbox and realized, okay, I don't I don't need to sell the envelope, I want to sell the content. So, Paul, do we have the gong? Because we no, really, because I love teachable moments here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And there's one, right? Because if he hadn't looked for another niche mm-hmm. or to reinvent the business, he could have. Who knows where the, the firm might be today, right? Yeah, if exactly. it st- stuck your guns to being a printer, right. would it be as vibrant and viable as it is today? Right. Probably not. Very likely not. Right. So, so you, you can't get too married to the business model, can you? <laughs> right. You have to be ready to change. Right. I mean, you can't just willy-nilly jump around to all the different things based on the shiny ball. But when your instincts as an entrepreneur and a business owner tell you times, here's, I had a gentleman on a radio show a couple weeks ago now who said, 
There are riches in niches. Hmm. And I really believe that. Yep. Right? Finding a vein that you can be the unique supplier to and service better is really a great margin opportunity. Yeah, specialization. I think one of the key things that we like to preach when we go and knock on a door of a management company is, hey, I, I, I couldn't run a board meeting to, to save my life, but you know, I can <laughs> stuff an envelope much more effective than your staff could. Right. And so that's kind of a... You know, riches and niches. We found that we found that little niche. We found the solution, and uh, you know, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of development, a lot of investment. But we've uh, we've we've really built something. Do, do you find too? We're a little bit off script. That's okay, right? We're just having a conversation here today on Critical Mass Radio Show. I have Nick McMurray here, and he's president of Optimal Outsource. Do you find in your marketing of to new associations the fact that you are so focused on their industry to be in their eyes beneficial? Uh, absolutely. This industry covers, or I should say it spans from your mom-and-pop shop all the way up to very corporate. So, you know, we, we walk we walk across all, all different levels of you know, how, how, how much into technology they may or may not have invested, right. uh, how many, you know, you know, folks who started off as a manager for associations who went and grew their own business. Okay. So they may understand the management side of, of an association but are learning the business aspects. So I'm just one facet of the business side that... You know, as they're talking to us, they came from the management side. I know so many answers, so many uh, different scenarios that I can relate to all of them that they're that they're speaking of because we've been doing it so long. Right. That when I shift from having an understanding and being relatable to them to letting them know how they can improve their business by which, you know, through Optimal Outsource and our services, it starts to really make sense to them and they and they understand and trust that. Hey, I've seen it before. We can deliver this this product, this program, this process to you and be successful at it. It's almost like you might be offering to them best practices within their industry. Absolutely. Without giving away any competitive stuff of any of your other clients, but you right. probably just the way you ask questions or make recommendations, probably early on they probably realize you, you have a pretty deep domain knowledge. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Is that, and you have sales organization. Yes. You've, you've turned the business completely to focus on associations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. So tell me. As the president, do you ever get any more salespeople coming in with a shiny ball that is close to a homeowners association isn't quite the same thing, and try to get you to service those people? You know, occasionally, uh, and we're, you know, we'll we'll never say no to an opportunity. But at the same time, I think that um, I think we realized long ago that we do have something that's very specific for this industry, and our our systems from ordering to the machines we have to the shops, our different facilities where they're located. It all suits very well for our industry. So if there's another another guy knocks on our door and he's he's got a different uh, problem that we have a solution for, sure we'll we'll always be all ears. But I think we get more a kick out of what we're doing today versus trying to hunt down the next sure. something else that might be out there. Well, um, you were gracious enough when we met before to give me a tour of one of your facilities, and I was uh, it was remarkable to me. Not only the infrastructure that you have in place, which is a highly automated, very clean, looks like really well-run shop to produce it, but the way that you've layered on top of that, the the technology knowledge to drive those machines effortlessly and mistake-free. Oh, absolutely. The um, you know technology is really kind of the you know in, in all reality we're a software company. The wow. output happens to be on a piece of paper wow. or, or in an email, but. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's, That's crazy. it's software. We've you're built stopping software. envelopes, and you're a software company. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. Yep. Right? That's exactly what we are. I mean, there's so much. We spend more in development of the ideas that come from our customers to, you know, keep advancing that, you know, 
We, we are. We're a software company. The output could be a piece of paper with ink on it, or it could be an email with information going out the you know through um, the email system. But ultimately, it's all software that's driving it. And and, and uh, again, we're free-forming this conversation here in the first block. Hope you don't mind. But one of the things that I would think that means then, Nick, is that when a customer comes to you wanting to do something in a certain way because of your software capability, it's probably easier for you to accept that and to build on it versus if you had a hard infrastructure, which was mostly tech, not technology-driven, you might be a little more rigid in the kind of services you could provide. Yeah, you get you get a little bit of both. I mean, we absolutely need to continually build on things, uh, but the way, with our system, you know, we're, we're heavy in development all year long. Our peak period is basically right now, the last quarter of the year. Well, so thanks we'll, for coming in. <laughs> hey, no sweat. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, spend most of the year really developing and building on top of our existing system. And this is all driven from surveys we send out to our customers, asking them how we're doing, what they're doing differently, what they'd like to see us do differently. And really, um, it's that information that we then take to the, uh, take the drawing board and come up with our development plan. So as that development plan starts to, you know, carry on throughout the course of the first, you know, three quarters of the year, the uh, that last quarter we go into a, a development freeze and we don't put any new releases out to our mm-hmm. system. But it's during that time that we're basically scheduling out next year's releases, and in that is a lot of ideas and things that were brought to us from our customers to build on top of all the existing you know, benefits and features that were already there. So it's continually wow. evolving. I love to have uh, business owners who are either in technology or who whose major service model sets on a platform of technology. Mm-hmm. The reason why I love it is that the rate of change for you and your counterparts, the flywheel is spinning faster in many times than uh, other industries that doesn't, doesn't have such a heavy component of technology mm-hmm. because clients... It's the ever-increasing expectations, right? Well, last year you guys could do this. Could you possibly do, or I heard a story of, right. can you guys do that for me kind of a thing? Exactly, exactly. So you're always sort of having to say yes and then making sure you can commit to something that makes sense, right? True, true. You know, there's which you know the flip side of that is we've also learned that it's good to say no sometimes. Okay. You know, the uh, kind of like leading into this the, the conversation about here we are in the third quarter or last quarter of the year. Um, oftentimes we have customers who wish they had that thing that they'd seen elsewhere or they ask us to do some sort of enhancement. But as we're in this last quarter, we're in our development phase and we've got to, you know, shift from accepting all these new ideas to now coaching and consulting them to find another way to accommodate that last minute little idea and then put it on the schedule for next year if it's something that we all find viable to actually build into our system. Well, so we're going to take a break here, Nick. Okay. Um, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to stay for the next set of interviews. We're going to start with, from your perspective, why it's important for firms and organizations, associations, to utilize a mailing system that works specifically for their needs. Mm-hmm. So if we can maybe talk a little bit about the customization that you do. Uh, I want to come back and, and have that conversation with Nick McMurray. So if you're listening to us live here on octalkradio.net, Don't go anywhere. If you're listening to us on the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, don't hit that advanced 30 seconds because literally it's a commercial for me, and I hope you'll listen to it. And we're going to be back in like 60 seconds. So we'll be right back after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, 
The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, please visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Or if you know someone who might make a great guest like Nick on my future show, call me or text me at 949-887-4104. I said I was going to ask you a little bit about specialization, but I want to backtrack a minute. Uh, Your firm first came to my attention because of your inclusion on the 2016 Inc. 5000. So so tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of, that success and what's that mean to your firm and it's just quite the honor um as you can imagine uh, from uncle tom and myself and the fantastic crew we have working with us it's it's validation you know you you obviously we've done something to to be able to qualify or to be able to be recognized and make that list and it's it's yeah it's validation of everything we've been putting into it our team's been putting into it and we you know we couldn't thank our uh our 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 support crew and everybody's really helped us to get there and and remind me but i think i'm correct that's based on a three-year growth average right uh yes so so it wasn't just that you had a good year in the past year you, right. you maintained that over there's, a period of time a history that they were able to you know get to the uh <laughs> right be able to see some sort of track record of continuous growth was this the first year that you you were nominated as an inc 5000 company uh yes and Prior to that, we'd we'd been in the Orange County Business Journal and okay. a few of their uh, fastest growing their, private companies. Right. Yeah, those are great. That's great company to be in. That's a that's hard to do. Yeah, and Inc is impressive because it's multi year. Mm-hmm. And it, when you look at the companies around the country, it's amazing the different industries and diversity. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Not, they're all not technology <laughs> like you. No. That, every walk of life. All walk of it's life. Pretty neat to go through that book and you know see who who are your peers. It's it's right. fun. It's a it's a great group of, of people to be associated with. So let's go back and talk now. Why why is it important for associations to find and utilize a mailing system that works specifically for their needs so really who we're working with would be primarily management companies uh, the management company has a team of uh, community managers who they go out and they manage the associations and you know to be able to tailor make our system or tailor make a system to work for them it uh it works well for us to listen to them and how they're doing it today and see what they're used to because there's all sorts of different levels of approvals and processes before somebody actually wants to send out that communication piece. You know, the manager might write it, but that person might want someone else to look over it, make sure it's, you know, signed off on prior to going to optimal outsource. And so through that approval process, you know, we step in. So where do we fit? We we have our system built out to allow for different levels of roles and permissions, as we call them, on our site, allowing managers to assistants to executive level to see what's going on and interject if they like to as far as approving or proofing or or not approving an order. Um, but it's all cascades down till eventually somebody clicks the button to approve it, and out the door it goes. So, you know, tailor-making it, again, from the perspective of an owner of a management company, it, it's really beneficial when they see our system at how they really don't lose the control that they 
might think that they're going to lose when they first start talking to us. No, it's quite different than that. They actually have full control over it, and they can have much more visibility. And as we're you know, making the system fit their, their system, it really kind of hones in on all the values and, and things that they try to retain when we first start talking to them, like control. <laughs> so, so, Nick, there must be then, listening to you and remembering our original conversation, there must be great variability between one association to another. I mean, yes. you, have the, you have a... So they're, even though they're doing the same thing for largely in a similar space, they, their, their value proposition, the way they position themselves with their clients is... Is that that different? That it requires this level of customization, huh? Oh, certainly. Yeah, you know, wow. you know, every because every association is different. Um, you and I can live in an association. We can live in two different associations. You have a thousand doors that are, you know, a thousand units that you belong to, and my association can be one hundred. So your your association has a different level of needs from the, their management company versus mine. Um, and where optimal kind of plays a role in that is that communication piece that goes to my 100 doors versus the communication piece that goes to your 1,000 doors. Mm -hmm. And through that process, you know, yeah, you'll have plenty of different little variables from, you know, the the association has an annual budget that they have to, you know, disseminate out to the the masses just as uh, every year they'll have an audit or elections take place. So all the little um, things that occur on an annual basis, audits, budgets, elections, that's just one item, but... You know, you might have uh, your association maybe redoing their streets, and so mm-hmm. they need to notify you about where, when, where, and when not to park your car. So all those little nuances from an association, couple that with a hundred other associations that a management company might be working with. Now you've got a lot of variables, and a lot of different mailing orders, and a lot of different content in the mail. And so our system understands that, and we're right. able to bring it all in, right. put it in an envelope, get it out the door. Yeah, because I mean, it sounds like. A mistake could be made if you didn't have systems that were robust enough to ensure you didn't make mistakes. You can't leave this up to somebody remembering, right? right? The right. system has to be the guardian. But your model is interesting to me because your direct customer mm-hmm. is the management company. Yes. Their customer is the association. Yes. But the ultimate customer is the homeowner. Right. So if your product, which touches the ultimate customer, is wrong, you've got a couple people upset with you, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, like I said, you could be an association of a thousand doors, and if everybody's standing at their mailbox waiting for that mail, well, I've, got, I've got an audience of a thousand now. <laughs> right. So Right, all expecting, and they know their association or neighborhood pretty well, so you they, they'll know if something is incorrect. And then it would just seem to me that then it's a problem times a thousand. Not that a thousand people would call the association, but some percent, there's always a, <laughs> an active few, Yep. Right. Yep. And they call, and then the energy just keeps getting multiplied. Right. Very true. So, so not having issues around this must be. I'm I'm trying to really kind of come to grips with your value proposition in the minds of your direct customer, and it is it is one of peace of mind. Then, right? It's one thing they don't do the work anymore. Right. They can off. Hey, that's nice. But if if they offloaded it to you and it was wrong, that's worse. Yeah. Very true. Quality is a uh, uh, paramount to anything. A good point to make here along those lines is the uh, that management company, their their customer is the association. So they may really only talk to the board of directors X amount of times just as how many folks are may show up or may not show up to a board meeting. Uh, when it comes to the assessment statement, you know, you get billed once a month with your statement. Uh, what we like to communicate to our, our customers saying, hey, you know, you may talk to the board next month at the board meeting, but for everybody else who lives in the association, 
you literally have an appointment with them once a month. Right. Or depending on when they get billed, it could be once a quarter. Okay. It could be once a year. So how do you choose to use that time? Is it going to be just to collect money, send out a statement and collect money, or do you want to take a product that Optimal's created that allows for more messaging and advertising and more, a little more dynamic than just uh, asking for your payment? And so I, I, I love being able to tell folks, hey, you know, again, you're, you're talking to that. Now you're talking to the homeowner. How do you want to spend that time with them? It's an appointment. So are you comfortable telling me a little bit more about this custom-designed format that you have? Sure. You know, instead of a 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper for a statement, uh-huh. uh, what we've come up with is, is actually a legal-sized document, so 8.5 by 14 inches, you know, larger sheet of paper. And the top three inches of that statement is room for advertising. So it's real estate to an actual advertiser who may pay for the space to be up there to talk to that association about Yeah, there's a lot of eyeballs there, right? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. They have to open it and look at it because they got to pay their bill, even if they have direct e-bill they're probably still opening the assessments so that ability is there now it's easier said than done because often folks don't want their uh, assessment statement to have you know traditional advertising but not just in terms of traditional advertising but it could be for the management company right it could be them telling telling the hoa hey your board meeting next month is at 7 p.m in the clubhouse and have and actually have a picture or billboard versus just text Mm -hmm. or it could be saying uh, something saying along um elections are coming do you know who you want to nominate? Would you like to you know, run for the board? And all that could be done with something a little bit more so than just, like I said, text. It could be a picture. It could be a billboard. To, you know, Think in terms of the billboard that you see on the side of the freeway. That's on an optimal outsource statement. How long have you guys been offering this special feature? Uh, you know, that was that idea of the statement was part of the solution that we first set out and Get out solved of many years ago. Yep. So, so one of the advantages of being focused, having a niche, is is this kind of thinking, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's been fun to sell. It's you know, it's it's not really selling necessarily. It's more of consultative right. approach that we right. have because we try and show them how they can better use their time. Right, and to reframe what they've always done in a different way. Right, yes. get them thinking about is it's different and is it better? And if it's better, how could it be better for you? Flipped it on its head and said, "How about this instead?" Right. Yep. So. What's your footprint? Talk to me about the organization. I, I, I know of you here in Orange County in Southern mm-hmm. California, but I also know you're outside of Orange County. So tell me a little bit about the rest of the country. We do have a few other facilities that we mail from. We're here in Orange County. We're also in Phoenix, Arizona, as well as Austin and Clearwater, Texas, <laughs> Clearwater Florida. Um, and actually, how we got to that uh, was kind of a, an epiphany, if you will. We had our disaster recovery plan just as far as being in production, if you will. We had to have a disaster recovery, and that was with a uh, another mailing provider outside of our four walls. You know, just as if you had a, a server running all of your data, you got to have backup servers. Right, we had right. a backup facility for okay. an event that we had a disaster, and that did occur once. And it was that disaster that plan that we shifted the work from one facility to another, and it went off without a hitch. So... Meanwhile, as we're growing as a company, we've been going to many of our industry uh, association events um, across the nation, and people were liking what they saw. They liked the idea of that 8.5 by 14-inch statement. It was new, something fresh. However, their first question or their first first thing they may notice to somebody in, in Florida is, well, hey, you're from California, so obviously your mail will be going from California to Florida. It's got to get on a plane. It's got to travel here. So where I already have to 
battle USPS times just in their own market. Okay. And, uh, you know, try and get the mail to the homeowner sooner, faster. If I were to go with you, your mailing is coming from across the states. So we had that little bit of a hurdle in our own growth, trying to grow outside of where our, you know, Orange County. But when we had that need in order to shift our work from one facility to another for the sake of disaster recovery, Uh it hit us like a ton of bricks saying, well, this disaster recovery model just needs to be our business model. (laughs) So being that, you know, the three biggest states for HOAs and community associations, California, Texas, and Florida, we started there, put our shops there, and uh, now we're able to regionalize our mail, depending on where our customers at, we can put it in a certain shop. And just like that disaster recovery, they all back each other up they all run the same processes the same procedures it's uh seamless so we can literally at the flick of a switch change a job from mailing here to mailing from phoenix or mailing from any other facility wow that's that gives you some definite flexibility in load management too if you needed to i understand you want to keep it in the home market where the associations are for the mailing etc but you have that the degrees of freedom which is nice flexibility thank you it's big it's big so um of those three markets, it sounds like three and a half thing because you also mentioned Arizona. Yes. yes. Okay. So four. So of those four markets, um, is California the biggest? Uh, for us, yes. I would say we've, you know, this is home. Right. You've <laughs> been here longer. It's, it's where right. we grew up, so to speak, but we've been um, having a great time <laughs> right. going across the state. So we're, we're definitely growing in leaps and bounds in, in all, all regions of well, the United States. Tell me it, tell me if this has been your experience. Um, recently, Critical Mass has grown into a new market out of south, out of Orange County into another southern, still in Southern California, but into Los Angeles, into the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that even though you're the same company calling on the same clients, that business is done slightly differently in Texas and Florida than than in California? Yeah, there's they all have um, they all have to abide by their uh, state laws that that okay. may affect uh, one state versus another. Is this is that the level of law that affects the associations generally? Is state um, state county is fed? I mean, yes, a little bit of that in in conjunction with whatever their uh, CCNRs and rules and regulations might might have been you know, created long ago in that association, and that kind of starts to dictate. Because you told me about the elections in California for the mm-hmm. for the association's elections, the board of directors. I mean, that that's very S- good, very specific. Yes, good example in that. You know, California has a double blind system versus other states may allow for and may allow as well as be more popular to vote by proxy. Mm. And so they all kind of have little variances. Uh, for instance, on the East Coast, you'll get more folks who. Um, may skip town during the, the harsh winter months, and so Get therefore the they have a different you know, they have a different lay of the land and, and, and needs and services that those management companies are providing to them because uh-huh. it's not sunny California. <laughs> but you Just, were all, you're also saying you're, sorry to interrupt, but you were also saying earlier that your clients go from small mom and pop companies to large corporations that are doing this professional management. So do large do your larger clients see value in the fact that you have this distributed footprint? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that allows you to maybe to, to do business with bigger companies who might be on be a little bit re- more reluctant if you were just in Orange County. Yes, yes, it's it's been a it's been a big key key proponent to for us growing from mom and pops as well as, as the large guys. Do you travel much? Uh, I do. Comes and goes. I okay. Go to a lot of events nowadays. We have a, a fantastic sales and customer support team out there, so I have a little bit less traveling and. It's kind of nice to be able to be home with the kids and not have to be gone all the time. But right. um, it's also fun to get out and um, be involved and, and go to those events all the same. So, so I only have a few <laughs> minutes left with you here on Critical Mass Radio Show today, Nick. So, um, what's the future hold? 
for your firm? You know, it's there in our industry, in this niche that we're in, it's still very uh, heavily paper driven. So we're, you know, we're um, fantastic. You know, papers, paper's good. However, we're not naive to how much technology is taken over as well. Uh, we do have full capability as far as uh, building different portals uh, mm. based on whatever needs our customers may have, uh, disseminating information via email or, or you know push or pull as far as as far as their um, you know the newsletters, the announcements, etc. And so I think it's once this industry in itself starts to kind of take more of an adoption of the electronic side of things, I think our uh, we'll finally be able to use a lot of the electronic things that we built for. For okay. All our customers. Okay. Well, we built it. It's there, but just the adoption rate of it's just a little bit slower than you might imagine. Yeah. Well, it's hard to change an industry. Certainly. Right? I, I'm still fascinated, ladies and gentlemen. Think about this: where you have really three customers, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have three points of failure or success. True. In what you do. Very true. And and, and that's a. I mean, uh, that that brings its own level of challenges to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and, a good, that's a very good point. And you're you're a B two B company, but you have a B two C aspect to it as well, <laughs> right? So, right. <laughs> good <learning>. job, <laughs> good job. So, uh, if someone would like to learn more about what you do, how do they find your firm online? Oh, uh, optimaloutsource dot com. Uh, head there and you know learn a little bit about I'm us. Ask and you to spell that. Shout. Just spell it for me. O p t i m a l o u t s o u r c e dot com. Has that always been your firm's name? Yes. Okay. And, okay, I thought that was done, but how, what's the history of the name? Is there a history to that name? Yeah, you know, I think it was, it just kind of came about long ago through Tom. He had, he had, uh, he wanted to have the idea of outsourcing and, and how, how do you explain outsourcing to somebody? Right. I think at, at noodling on a piece of paper came up with optimal, you know, optimize your business. Right. Outsource it, optimal outsource. So it's yeah. kind of. Yeah, I think I think it puts a positive spin on something that sometimes people go, oh, outsourcing, I don't know, I lose control, right? I mean, there's yeah. always that risk. and yep. Okay. So he's like, this guy's like a marketing genius on you guys <laughs> over there. Huh? Well, we try hard. Uncle, Uncle Tom. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, Nick McMurray, thank you for spending time with us today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, welcome to much. the community, and thanks for being a friend. I really enjoyed our conversation and learning a little bit more about what you do. And I, I'm still, I tell the story, hope you don't mind, how impressed I am with your shop, the, your organization here in Orange County that you gave me the tour of. That, that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show, Podcast, and live stream. This was Episode 957, and I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the firm that I uh, lead, it's criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.